الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب جدني علما رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمم بالخير ثم أما بعد والحمد لله Respected brothers and sisters Welcome to our first class of the Islamic studies after this blessed month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. Kulluhamin wa antu bi khair taqabalullah minna minkum. May Allah Azza wa accept from us all of the ibadah or any of the ibadah that He enabled for us to do. May Allah expiate and forgive our mistakes and our sins and raise our ranks in this dunya and akhirah and accept our ibadah, accept our siyam and our qiyam and our sujood and our tilawah and everything. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. And may Allah make us of those who've been freed from Jahannam and have been granted uh, the permission to be on the list of the Ahlul Jannah. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah accept all of our du'as that we made. Allahumma inna ka'afuun kareemun tuhibbul afu wa fa'afu anna ya kareemu ba'd. Inshallah, this is our Wednesday class and we will be resuming and it will be carrying on. Bifadlillah azza wa jal. Inshallah, it will be carrying on. Um, from where we left off in the lesson before Ramadan and in the lessons before Ramadan uh, we'd covered from this series that we are doing live streamed online I think we were on lesson number 22 just looking at it earlier on of course in the lesson just before Ramadan in the Wednesday leading up to Ramadan we'd covered uh, the rules of fasting as just a special lesson uh, this was not in sort of order of our normal study and recital or reading of the book that we are studying. Um, as we've said many a time before, this Islamic studies class is, is not necessarily comprised from one particular book, rather we're taking uh, from a few different books. And uh, the idea is that this is really a class for those who are beginners or really want to revise the beginning stages of the Islamic studies. So we started, when we, when, we, when we started the course off, with the very fundamental and basic question of what is Islam? What does it mean to be a Muslim? What does it mean to be a Mu'min? What is Islam? What are his, uh, the articles of our faith? What are the pillars of our Islam? And so on. And then over the lessons, we then went and understood what, what the explanation of the shahadatayn is the two testimonies of faith and then of the uh, the asma and sifat of Allah who is Allah it is a very important question if I ask you who is Allah a lot of people will not be able to explain that but who is Allah Allah is explaining himself in many places in the Quran so who is Allah what is our connection and our relationship as servants of Allah to him how do we uh, view Allah how do we see Allah how do we Think about Allah. Allah's name and his attributes, Allah's asma and his sifat. We covered the 99 names of Allah as well. Yes, we covered the 99 names of Allah. And then we went into, uh, okay, since we're doing a quick re recap, what I will do, I will pull up the playlist. And for those of you who don't know, how do you find the playlist? All you go to Darulma Masjid YouTube channel. And for those who are viewing online, you already know this. And you'll find a playlist that says Islamic Studies class. Is the Islamic Studies class on that playlist? There's, at the moment, there are 14 lessons. That's because some of them have not been added onto the playlist, but they're on YouTube. 
Uh, so we basically, in the very first lesson, what is Islam? Number two, who is Allah? Okay, learning about Allah. Lesson number three was learning about Allah through His names. And learning about Allah through His 99 names, we carried on in lesson three, four, five, six, seven. And eight as well. And nine as well. And ten. So we dedicated about eight lessons on understanding the names, uh, 99 names of Allah. Remember, yeah? And discussing them, understanding them, appreciating them, uh, uh, you know, contemplating over them. As Allah said in the Quran, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَادْعُوهُ بِهَا Allah has the most beautiful names, so we should call Allah with these names. And when we make dua to Allah especially, if we use the name of Allah which is related to the dua, for example, you're asking, Oh Allah, forgive me. When you ask for forgiveness, then you should use the name of Allah which is to do with forgiveness. And we've, taught, we've been taught this by the Prophet He said, Allahumma innaka afu. Oh Allah, you love to wipe out sins. You love to forgive. And then he said, he didn't say, now give me food. He said, forgive me. If you're saying, oh Allah, I need provision in my life. Uh, my wealth is running low. Then you say, ya razzaq. Allahumma anta khayrul raziqeen. Oh razzaq, oh raziq. Oh Allah, give me rizq. So this is one of the amazing powers of Understanding Allah's names and knowing them is that you can call Allah with them. Allah is saying, Fadu'uhu biha. Call Allah with these names. And that's why in our Quran, we said, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Maliku, Ya Quddus, Ya Salam, Ya Mu'min, Ya Muhaymin, and so on. So we understood those names. So if you want to go back to them, you can go from lesson number three to ten and you will find that inshallah. And then on lesson number eleven, we went into belief in the prophets. Because we say Amen to Billahi. And then we say Wa Malaikatihi Wa Kutubihi Wa Rusuli. But we don't believe in prophets, then belief in angels, then belief in the holy books. And then uh, belief in prophets again. I don't I'm probably a bit confused. And it's like that. Belief in the day of judgment. Belief in the last day. What do we know about the day of judgment? What do we know about the afterlife? The life in the grave, what do we know about that? All of this stuff, one by one, slowly, slowly, lesson by lesson, stage by stage, alhamdulillah, we've covered and we covered, we covered. And this, the whole idea behind this was that this is to help us to revise our <coughs> basics of faith. That's a provision that's not commonly available because what happens? Mainly, the beginning stuff you're learning, children, as children, maktab, in uh, madrasa. In evening, in the masjid, five to seven. But then by the time you're a teenager, you forget most of it. And then you never learn it again. And then a lot of brothers are stuck with, you know, I don't even know my kalima. I don't even know my shahadtain. I don't even know what it means to be Muslim. What? You know, if you ask a question, why are you a Muslim? I can guarantee you, most people will not be able to give you an answer except for the fact that I'm Muslim. That's why I'm Muslim. But what does it mean to be a Muslim? If an atheist was to ask you the question, you're a Muslim, why should I be a Muslim like you? Most people will not be able to explain that. If an agnostic person, if one of your nephews or nieces says, oh, I have questions about Islam, I'm finding it confusing. And it happens all the time in this society, in, in, the, in the sort of age of information, every time, every so often, in every few, uh, you know, uh, every other household you'll find someone saying, but why this and why that? Why is he like that? What? And so to know this basic information, 
So there's a gap. We don't know because we've forgotten. And even when we were taught, we were not taught perhaps with full explanation. It was a part of a bigger class and you, know, you forgot it. So then people are scared to sign up to classes because there's classes like beginners classes in institutions, they will charge you fee and you'll go there, you don't have the time, you don't have the, you don't even know about it perhaps. You don't even know the information about it, you don't know how many, and most places there are not even no institutions like that for beginners classes. Then you might feel shy, oh I feel shy. Oh, people are going to say that he doesn't know is Islam, what kind of Muslim, you know, we have all this. Shaufi, shai, sharam. So this, I, this class is we come together as brothers and sisters in Islam and we revise our basics of our Islam just so that we are in, in, in the clear what it means to be Muslim, you know, the names of Allah and so on and so forth. That was up to lesson number 14. Let me see if I can pull up this uh, scroll. There's a lot because Ramadan was very busy eh? with all the live streams, Tartir class after Zuhar. The Taraweeh after Ishab and the Tahajjud as well. And then you had the Nasihas as well every now and then. So it's a, it's a Alhamdulillah, it's a very, very, very busy month. And uh, towards the end of it, SubhanAllah, I even lost my voice because I had a bit of a cold. But Akhir, Alhamdulillah. Um, so that's what happened. Okay. So that was lesson number 14. We said we learned about the Prophets, what it means to believe in the Prophets. Tamam. <coughs> And then look, we said in lesson number 16, we believed in, uh, we uh, spoke about the belief in predestination. Taqdeer, Qadr, Khayrihi wa Sharri. Lesson number 17 was li life in the grave. Barzakh, life in the grave. What does it mean to be life in the grave? What's going to happen to us in our grave? What do we expect to see? Or do we think that we're going to die and we're going to mix into the ground and that's the end of it? No, as Muslims, we have to believe in the life after death. Yes. The Quran is very clear and specific about that. Then after that, we went into, after having covered the first pillar of Islam. So up to lesson number 17, we can say we were just studying the first pillar of Islam, which is Shahada. Includes the belief in this, belief in that, understanding who Allah is, understanding who the Rasul is, understanding the Prophet. Up to 17 lessons, only on the first pillar of Islam. We done, alhamdulillah. Then we said, let's now go to the next pillar of Islam, which is, What's the second pillar of Islam? Salah. Salah, you can't understand as Allahu Akbar, start praying. You've got to clean yourself first. Wudu. If you have wudu, if you, if you have wudu water, you do wudu. If you don't have wudu water, then you do tayammum, which is dry ablution. If you don't have wudu and you might need sometimes ghusl, you need to have ghusl. So what is a ghusl? So then what we did on lesson number 18, we spoke about what is wudu. And what are the things that are fard in wudu and so on. In lesson number 19, we spoke about things which are makru and disliked and break the wudu. What breaks your wudu? How does your wudu break? A lot of confusions. You know, most people think, I, I know, I know, I don't know, I know, I know. But Allah, you have the most basic questions coming. Someone will say, for example, I watch TV. Do I have to do my wudu again? You don't have to do watch the TV. You don't have to watch the do the wudu after watching TV. Of course, if you want to to renew your wudu, refresh your wudu, to wash your sins away, alhamdulillah, you can do that. But watching TV doesn't break your wudu, and many many other questions like that. So what breaks your wudu? You have to know that because sometimes some people will break the wudu and not know that they've broken their wudu. For example, bleeding. For example. Passing of wind, even if it's a little bit. 
Hasan Nubun even if it's a little bit. Now I said, it's only a little bit. He didn't break my wudu. <laughs> Going to sleep, leaning. You're leaning, you fell asleep. Breaks your wudu. People don't know that. So they're praying and etc. But they don't even have wudu. So it's very important to know these things. Lesson number 19 was about wudu and the things that break the wudu. And then, going to lesson number 20, ghusl. The purificatory bath. The ghusl. The fard ghusl. How it's done, what's required. You have to know this. Every Muslim man, woman, and child even, they need to know what ghusl is, how it's done, what are the requisites, what's the method, and so on. And then in lesson number 21, we spoke about how to do tayammum. Because ghusl, wudu is finished, water. Ghusl is finished, water. Now when you don't have water, what do you do? If there's no water and you need to cleanse yourself, you need to purify yourself, what do you do? You just don't clean yourself? No, of course not. What you do is you do something called tayammum, dry evolution, with the, with the earth, with the ground. How do you do it? What's the intention? How, what's the method? We covered that in lesson number 21. And then Alhamdulillah Ramadan came and what we did is on lesson number 22, we didn't call it lesson number 22, we just called it Islamic Studies Rules of Ramadan. Inshallah, this lesson here, it's going to be called Islamic Studies Recap. And from next lesson, it will be Islamic Studies Lesson Number 22, inshallah. And we'll talk about the next chapter, which is called uh, Wiping Over the Khuf, and Wiping Over Socks, and Wiping Over Leather Socks, and so on, because that's a part of purification and tahara. Okay? So what we'll be studying going forward, we'll be studying if you're wearing leather socks or thick socks and you have wudu before that, how do you wipe over it? You know, we always hear, can I wipe over my socks? Can I wipe over my socks? It's a very common question. So we'll cover that next lesson. Also about wiping over bandages and casts and plasters. Common question. You hurt yourself, you've got a plaster, you've got a bandage. How do you deal with it? You can't wash it because it's covered up. So how do you deal with that situation? Then there is a section after that called, uh, especially related to sisters, it's called postnatal bleeding menstruation and dysfunctional bleeding. This is a section that we'll read through quickly. Of course, there's no, uh, some sisters do attend, but this area, I, I don't go into too much detail because it's a sister's matter, and I usually prefer if the sisters are alimas, they sort of teach the sisters as well. But we do quickly go over it because it's important that both men and women know this. Uh, a basic level of information for that is important, okay? Then we talk about, after that, types of filth. What are the different types of najasat? There's different types of filth. There's urine, there's stool, there's blood, there's feces, you know, there's wine, there's seminal fluid, the different types of najasat, and how do you clean each one? It's not all the same. It's not all the same. So this is the order, inshallah, we'll go more and more into the book. And for those who don't know what the book is, this is the book that we are for the first pillar up to uh, lesson number 18 I believe we, we didn't really focus on this book we focused some partially little bits on this book but mainly it was from outside from the Quran from the Sunnah from the Hadith and so on like that but this is the book that we'll be studying for the <coughs> remaining four pillars of Islam which is Wudu Tahara Salah Fasting Zakat Hajj Inshallah. And it's called Ascent to Felicity. I recommend every single person who will be attending the class to buy this book. It's only like 12 pounds on Amazon. You can also get it from an Islamic bookstore, Al-Manar or something. You can get it. And this is, I'll give you of course the disclaimer, it is based on the Hanafi School of Law. Hanafi School of Law. Uh, written by Al-Imam Abu Ikhlas al-Shurun Bulali. And translated with footnotes by Faraz A. Khan. And published by White Thread Press. It's a very good book. 
one of the best things about it is the footnotes. It explains very nicely in modern context what these masail mean. And I, this, this, this is a manual that I think every person who, you know, for a basic level of Islam should know, especially if you follow the Hanafi school of law. Um, but in order to make, give it some context and a variety, what we're also doing is taking aid from another book called Bidayatul Mujtahid. Bidayatul Mujtahid is a comparative fiqh book. Well, comparative somewhat. And what it does is, it's, it's, it's a thicker book. I don't have it with me today. But inshallah, I'll be with you tomorrow. I'm not sorry, tomorrow, the next lesson. And it gives you, say for example, Hanafi say this. We've got that here. But they also say, what do Maliki say, what do Shafi'i say, what do Hanbali say? The other four schools of law as well. Just so that you have an insight. And in case someone is Shafi'i or Hanbali or Maliki, they can also take benefit from that as well. Of course, that is not, and those sort of summary books, those books of summary, of, or gives a summary of the four schools of law, they are not in any way, shape, or form the most authoritative books in that school of law. There are bigger, more, more sort of reliable, more authoritative books in the respective schools of law, and that's for, and that's for a separate matter. Separate, separate matter. We are studying it in a masjid for awam, general people, students of knowledge, beginners, revising, and so on. And for that reason, this is enough and this is fine. Because at the end of the day, it's about knowing the basic amount of knowledge. Begin an Islamic studies class, okay? So that you can practice it, remember it, and teach it to others as well. This class is also targeted towards new Muslims. And so we'll speak slowly and calmly. It's a very good uh, facility if you have a friend <coughs> or a neighbor or a colleague or a family member who's considering Islam, wants to know a bit more about Islam, they can come to this class. They've already taken their shahada. They want to learn, learn about how to practice their five pillars of Islam. Welcome to them as well. They come in the middle of it. We're in lesson number 22. What should I do? Easy. Go back to 21, 20, 19, 18, 17. Go up, up, up until the beginning. Or start from the beginning and go way down. And then catch up to us as well while you're also attending this class. Um, again, you can find uh, the videos online on our Darul YouTube channel. It's all live streamed, alhamdulillah. So make use of that and share it with others. For now, up to here, this will only be the recap for today. And if there's any questions from anybody or any suggestions, any recommendations, I'm happy to listen for today. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, do you have any suggestions on which tafsir book to recommend? I, so you're talking about tafsir or translation? Tafsir, like explanation. Of explanation of the Quran. Okay, uh, there are many books of tafsir and each one of them looks at the Quran in different levels of depth and different perspectives as well. One of the very famous tafsirs is called Tafsir al-Baghawi. Tafsir of Imam al-Baghawi is quite simple. Uh, tafsir al-Sa'di is also very good. Tafsir al-Sa'di is quite simple. Tafsir al-Jalalain is also very good. It's simple, like sort of just brief explanations, footnotes. Um, but if you want to go with something bigger, like Tafsir ibn Kathir, it's more grand, more information, more evidence, more explanation. Tafsir ibn Kathir is very well, well recommended. It was written by Imam al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, who was one of the students of uh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Um, and was he a direct student or was he a student of a student? Tayyib. So, yes. Uh, and so it's, it's an amazing book and everyone, you know, it's, it's a recommendation that we make generally. So, yeah. I think these are some you can refer to. Translation-wise, I've said it a few times in Taraweeh as well. 
Uh, one of the, my top recommendations is the clear Quran by Dr. Musa al-Khattab. Another one is called uh, Translation of the Quran by Dr. Abdul Halim. Also, Translation of the Quran by Mufti Taqiyar Uthmani of Pakistan. Brilliant translation. Even though his first language is not English. It's just amazing, subhanAllah. Um, there are also other translations, of course. Um, Abdullah Yusuf and many others. Uh, there is also a foundation called Bridges Foundation. They've also released a translation of the Quran. There are many, many, many translations out there. Uh, but I, I usually, when I, for example, want to give a translation of an ayah, by def most, most of the time, with the exceptions of some time, because I'll read a few different ones, which ones seem to be you know, most accurate or most uh, relevant, most true to its meaning, I'd probably recommend a different one. But usually it's the clear Quran by Dr. Mustafa Khattab. Um, uh, yes? Now you got me. I'll have to ask a Spanish friend. Yes, okay, that's a very good idea. And thank you for that. May Allah bless you. Spanish trans I'm sure there are Spanish translations. I'm sure there are. There are translations of the Quran of, I believe, every language. Maybe there are in some. So Spanish is a big language. I'm sure there are translations of it. I'll, I'll ask someone, inshallah. If anyone knows on YouTube, uh, please put in the comment section. Any other questions or suggestions or ideas? Feedback. How are you feeling? You okay? Everyone okay? Happy? Alhamdulillah. Had a good Eid? Yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Brilliant. Alhamdulillah. Tayyip. Yes, you can take a photo of the book. Yes. Okay, so no problem. No, you should be diagnosed by a doctor, a Muslim doctor ideally. Or a doctor and you should see see it through with a Muslim scholar as well. Generally speaking. Maybe certain cases when you're in a state of emergency, you're stuck, you're stuck in the middle of somewhere and you don't know whether you are madhu or not, and you don't have a doctor, you don't have a scholar, you don't have you know, you can make the decision. But generally you should use a doctor, Muslim doctor. طيب جزاكم الله خيرا سبحانك اللهم اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته